0: privilege to welcome you again here tonight, this being the first Lord's Day of our 50th anniversary celebrations, and as I said this morning, our theme for these celebrations is five decades of praise, taken from Psalms 145, verse 4. One generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I ask you now if you would bow with me as we open our service with prayer. Our Father, we thank you again that we have this privilege tonight that we can gather as your dear children to celebrate you as we celebrate this anniversary of Calvary Bible Church. We thank you too, Lord. We can recall and remember and celebrate. This is also the 20th year that Pastor Lee has been with us as Senior Pastor. And to thee we give the honor and the glory. We thank you, Lord, that you have kept him So far, these 20 years, we thank you for his ministry, for his example, for his life before us. And Lord, we just pray that you would continue to bless him and Sister Lee. We ask our Father too that tonight you would bless our service, bless everything that is done. May your name be uplifted and glorified, for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now tonight, we're going to be blessed, we have a video that Pastor Lee did some months ago with an interview with our matriarch, Sister Veach, Brother Frankie Pender, and Brother Alan Albright. those three along with others, who were at the beginning and very important in the setup of Calvary Bible Church. So right now we will go into the video.
1: In this interview, we want to focus primarily on the first decade of Calvary Bible Church as we celebrate its 50th anniversary, how it started, who were primarily responsible for getting it started, what were some of the evidence that God was in it from the beginning. Now to help us to do this, we have a few of those who were charter members of Calvary and were there from the very beginning. We are especially honored to have Mrs. Violet reach with us. She, along with her husband, Reverend Earl Reach, were the ones God used to plant this independent Bible church here on Collins Avenue 50 years ago. She is the matriarch of this assembly and is an amazing woman of God, even at the age of 95. So it's a special honor for us to have her with us at this time. And we're going to begin this time with her. So Sister Reach, tell us a little bit about your husband, the Reverend Earl Reach. He's now with the Lord, of course. What kind of a man was he? What motivated him on you to start this ministry 50 years ago?
2: Well, first of all, do I have the words? (laughs) Um, I always say I married the, the most wonderful man in the world, but I think every woman feels that about her husband. He was such a wonderful person. And I always tell people that he has never, in, in almost 50 years we were married, he has never said a harsh word to me. Amen. For which I am thankful. And not many women can say something That's like for sure. That. And um, I wished I had the vocabulary to explain just what kind of man he was, but I don't have the words. I'm going to leave it at that.
1: Okay, amen. How did you start this ministry? What motivated your husband to start this independent Bible uh, church because I understand at that time there was no Bible church as such in the Bahamas.
2: You know they had a he had a little different um, feeling about his belief in what the assemblies taught and what he felt and he always said that the pulpit was not a place where you preach one thing and believe another. Mm-hmm. And um, it was about the Holy Spirit. And uh, so he just thought it was best to leave the, the assemblies and to start this independent work mm-hmm. and work with all faiths.
1: Right, because an independent Bible church is, is one that is not necessarily, how uh, should I say, uh, bound to a particular doctrinal statement, as it were. Yeah. And um, the idea is that you get it directly from Scripture and you sort of preach that type of a thing. Okay, but that's fine. You know, uh, I'm sure, by what I understand, the kind of man that he was and his commitment to the Word of God, he desired to do what he believed God was telling him from the Word of God. And that's how we got going here. All right. Yes. Um... Tell us a little bit then how the assembly actually how the church actually started. Um, did it start immediately after he um, um, got out on his own, or what happened?
2: Well, uh, I guess i've got to say after much prayer that he felt God um, leading him in another direction, mm-hmm. of course when he resigned the church and um, we had nowhere to live, and uh, Brother Frankie Pinder, God bless him, he let us have his, one of his apartments where his garage was.
1: I remember the that morning... That was Simonizing Pinder, uh, Pinder Simonizing at that time, right? Right. I remember that one, yeah. yeah.
2: And um, Brother Frankie, one morning before the sun was up, I would say, he knocked at our door on Collins Avenue. We laid, we we stayed in the parsonage, and um, he said he couldn't sleep the whole night. God had been impressing him to turn his showroom, take all his cars out, new cars, and turn it over for us to have services. Mm, okay. And I think that's why God has blessed him all these years. Amen. It's been so wonderful.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's how it started there at Brother Frankie Pindis, uh business. Yeah. Uh, how long would you say it was, but it, but it took for that to happen, for the first meeting to occur, to take place there?
3: We uh, got together as the men Alan, and a lot of us, the board of the church. And um, believe it or not, the uh, Methodist Church um, on Shirley Street Blown us all the cheers for the first service. Isn't that something? And uh, all the men we got up and open up the service, the first service, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the way it, it began. From there. The very first service, we had over 500 people for, for the first service.
1: Is that right?
3: Amen. And going on, and the first message in the first service was 13 young people or more. I say. Is
1: that so right? That's Amen.
3: Like, 30? Yeah.
1: Okay. In fact, great. I met uh, a young... Well, he isn't that young anymore. But I met a man who was saved at that first meeting they just recently. Yeah. So that's very exciting. Yeah. So you had about 500 people at the first meeting. First service. Mm-hmm. It was in,
3: inside, outside, standing.
1: Yeah, yeah. amen. Isn't yeah. that amazing?
2: And the, yeah. night, the night before that service started, there were men in the grounds of, your, of his property, praying, and we didn't know what was going to happen, we didn't know who would turn up, how many would turn up. And um, so after we got in the church and they began to, to come, we couldn't believe the crowd that uh-huh. came. And for all these people to be saved that night, we, we, we knew then God was coming.
1: That was an Amen. evidence of God's hand on the work. Amen. 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 Why? How long were you in the showroom then before you moved in? Because I understand that the next move was to the property where you are now.
3: Fifteen months.
1: Fifteen months. 15 months. But the tent was erected first, right?
3: Right, the tent was erected Tell first. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, um, well, we were there for fifteen months, and then Brother Beach felt like he wanted to move the tent down where the building was being built, where the people could be really enthusiastic, because it could be the scene of work going on, The church was there, the tent was there, and everything was being moving on. And then when we got to a certain stage, Pastor Rich moved us on the inside. Mm -hmm. The building wasn't finished. We had to clean it up like I used to clean up the the showroom and the garage Mm -hmm. every week to get all the chairs back in there.
1: Oh boy.
4: Yeah. If I may Uh, say something concerning the tent, um, that was loaned to us by Ebenezer Methodist Church, yeah. Um, it wasn't a brand new tent. It was kind of old. And many and many weeks and months, the men would have to gather after Sunday service, take down the tent, fold it up, storage, and then Saturday
3: put it back,
1: take
4: it up, erect right? it again. And that would happen over and over oh. and over again.
1: And how long were you in the tent then before you moved into the uh, almost built building?
3: Well, then we moved the tent down uh, because it blew down. I have well, not remember Then we used to have the services inside the showroom of my place. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, you, okay, now let me catch you. You mean even after you had the tent up, you still had meetings? Well, oh,
3: because it? the tent blew down. down. I got And you. it got all tore up or something. Right. Brother Allen?
4: Well, <laughs>
3: I don't think it really
4: got tore up, not to contradict you. Well, we,
3: something happened.
4: Uh it was just, but the witch wanted a little nicer, a tent. and a better tent. Yeah. So he went to Miami and bought yeah,
3: well,
4: a tent. And that was erected down on the property next to where the church is, right. on okay. the southern side of the
1: church. Right, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, now, Alan, you were there from the beginning as well. From day one. From day one. Oh, yeah. And you're still there.
4: Still there.
1: Amen. Okay, still <laughs> last Sunday. All right, but well, tell us a little bit about then, the building itself. How did that happen? Did you, have, did you get a contractor, or who built, actually built the church?
4: Well, Renard Lowe was the contractor. I think Merle and Albury built a uh, plan. I think that's plans, right, yeah, okay. And Renard Lowe was the contractor. And he only had a few uh, men working with it. Dudley Sawyer, that's Jenny's dad. Mm-hmm. He was, you could say, the head foreman, but Renard Lowe was the contractor. And um, what they would do, that is, the day crew... If the big column had to be poured with concrete that night, uh, when the men would put up the forms, and then the men in the church would go down after and, work after work and start mixing the concrete in the mixer. They didn't have any big concrete mixer to you come in and pump cement in. The cement and sand and rock had to be put in the concrete mixer, mm-hmm. and you crank it up and start it, and um, then it had to be taken out of that and. Uh, maybe two, three-gallon buckets and put onto a piece of rope. And, and hoist up. up. to the bell course and then poured in bucket by bucket.
1: Boy. And a lot of the men from the church did that. Yeah, oh, all the
4: men in the church. Yeah, yeah. that's great. not very few men came from outside, not that I can remember. The men really turned out and they really worked very, very hard.
1: Terrific, terrific. Okay. All right. Uh, can you remember anything else happening those early years? that you think would be important for people today, especially who are members who don't really have the background. Um, for instance, um, you had church meetings going on. Uh, did you see God's hand of blessing in during the yes. meetings?
3: Yes, yeah. God really moved in a mighty way. Mm-hmm. And those yes, Brother Beach ministered the word, and people were saved. And then he started, if I I should say, in the uh, in really early years, he started the a missionary, um, and Rainy Hudson was the one person sent out from the church mm-hmm. as a missionary. Right, and he really had a heart for all of us.
1: That happened in the early, in the first ten years. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, because I think Calvary has always been known for a strong missionary yeah. program. Yeah,
4: and I think what made Calvary Bible Church take off so good at the beginning, it was because what people thought of.
3: Proud to reach. Proud to reach yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, the people were willing to work. Like the Bible says, they built the walls of Jerusalem, and people were willing mm-hmm. to work. To work. Yeah. And all mm-hmm. people were willing to work. Young fellas, when they used to get through and nights, they used to go up to the fort and wash off. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I <laughs> heard those stories. I heard those go stories. Them,
2: yeah. And the ladies used to make comforters oh, and, and yeah. ice cream and bring them in the to food. feed them while they were working. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah
1: now society how how um, tell us a little bit more about pastor reech um how long did he stay at calvary as the pastor
2: well the first time i think it was 10 years mm mm-hmm. yeah. and um yeah and, you know it so much has happened and then of course he resigned uh, he was called to the States, right. in Tennessee, and he went there, and then... Now when you say he was called,
1: you mean God called him, or you mean that he got an uh, invitation to be a pastor
2: over there, or... That was a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pastor in Nashville, Tennessee, who knew Earl, and the church was without a pastor, and he got a hold of Earl and asked him if he would come, if the people would accept him? Would he pastor the church there? And um, when he was coming to Nassau, he said he prayed the whole way. And when he got to Miami, he went into a church building and knelt down. He says, I'm not going to move from here until I hear the voice of God saying, it's his will for me to go to Tennessee. Mm, amen. And uh, he said, when he got up, he knew. And when he told the people, and they voted on him, 100%, without knowing who he was, that 100%, right? 100% voted for him. That's One quite a woman thing. didn't vote for him, and she told him afterwards, he says, Thank God that my vote didn't keep that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's great.
1: Well, Alan, how did the congregation at Calvary receive the notice from Pastor Wich that he was going to go to another church?
4: Well, I don't know how the congregation felt. I can only assume how they felt... But when Sister Rich was speaking about that, I remember <laughs> up the stairs we used to meet in a little room. We go into your office mm-hmm. up there, that's where the council used to meet.
3: I see, okay.
4: And when he read his resignation, uh, so it, nobody believed.
1: Yeah, boy, I, I could imagine boy. that.
4: It was such a shock, but I felt that Brother Veach felt that he was doing God's will. God's will. Yeah. And Amen. from then on Shelby Bible Church has had excellent until today.
1: Pastors. <laughs> you mean it stopped today.
5: No, no, it's still going on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, Brother Frankie, you were there when the letter was read? Because that must have been an amazing oh, thing. For such a, a man like that, you that, know, to come and say now, us, I've finish. started the ministry, but God is calling me someplace else. Yeah. How would that, you know, because I know he was beloved. I mean, everybody, whenever you talk to anybody about Earl Reese, That's the first thing he says, how they love this man.
3: (laughs) I'll never forget Brother brother Pindle, Brother um, uh, John Pindle, he said, Brother Beach. he said, I'm staying here (laughs) until Jesus comes, even if the (laughs) communists take it all, I'll never forget that. You know when he
4: said that? I remember that incident. We were pouring, pouring the top of the set yeah. back of the church.
3: Is that right?
4: And he just said, Brethren, <laughs> if a communist take this church over, I'm not moving. <laughs> <laughs> because he worked so hard. But the John was getting on in years. Yes. Yeah. And he was there every night pouring the concrete, sending the buckets up yeah. to the roof, to the yeah, course, right and the by. other columns.
1: Okay. Yeah. Now, Sister so, all right, so. How long was you did, did he come back?
2: Yes, I, when they were building the church on Collins Avenue, mm-hmm. they um built the the first the first part, yeah, yes. yeah and um and they couldn't get the funds together to do the church, and um they asked him to come back, so he did, and the city just came behind him. The finances, and it was marvelous how God blessed.
1: This was in the 50s now, right? The
2: church. Yeah. 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 And I think he stayed another 10
1: years. Another 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's when I met him because I was in the carpet business at the time. And um, I remember he came up looking for carpet for the new place. And I had just gotten um, the uh, distributorship for. Some of the best english carpets you could get and so i suggested hey is a wool carpet now he wanted a color that i didn't think he should get but he said it fitted in for the whole thing it was a sort of a light green if i remember oh, yeah. right yeah, sure. and um but he ended up getting that and uh, that was my first contact with pastorish yeah and i remember we said we'd bring it in at cost and give it to him, and all he had to, all he had to pray for was the labor to put it in and In fact, it was amazing. I think when I got there in 1992, you still had some of it upstairs in the in the um, balcony, some of that carpet, so it lasted a long time.
4: yeah, mm-hmm. there was a lot of different companies, uh, standard plumbing did a lot of the plumbing yes. pre. Mm-hmm. Um, Bahamian lumber yeah ceroll and Uh. It's in the video, along the church, the crane with his operator and the big steel rafters. All that was put up in place and fastened in. And I remember the first little uh, walkway in Collins Avenue, Swirland, uh, put in front of our
1: church. Is that right? Free. The crane
4: was free, the operator was free. So many people like the Brother Weech that... They really, really came forward.
1: Behind. Well, that was yeah. great to see that kind of a thing. The church, I understand a lot of the church, other churches came behind it as well, yeah. which is really a miraculous thing to see other churches coming in right. and lending that kind of a support. That shows again the kind of reputation Pastor Wish had. You know. So that's a great thing to know that Calvary was um, built on, with, on the reputation and the ministry of such a man and woman of God as. Mrs. Violet Weech and, and Reverend Earl Reach. Amen. You know? So we thank God for that. And we want to celebrate him on this 50th anniversary, I think. Because uh, it's good for us to remember those that God has used to build into our lives. Mm-hmm. And there's no doubt that Pastor Mrs. weech has impacted thousands of Bahamians. And it's still going on through Calvary Bible Church. And we're so thankful for that. All right, are there anything else that you would like for us to know concerning those early years? Especially about, or how long did he, Pastor Reed, stay there the second time?
2: I, I think it was almost 10-year periods. Okay. And um, I remember when he got up after he was finished with Calvary, he said God has impressed him that um, he was finished his work here with Calvary. And he didn't know where he was going. And in the congregation, there was a man from Dyersburg, Tennessee. Earl did not know he was in the audience, and he was connected with the government there. And um, so when he met him at the door, he shook his hand, and he said, Brother Weech, I know where you're going. He says, you're going back to Dyersburg to take over our mission there. And um, so that's how it turned out that he went there. To take over a mission, working with addicts, drunks, and the jailbirds, and it, it was a great work. Mm-hmm. And now it's going on tremendously. One of the men that were in the church there is the head of it now, and he's been there since Earl left.
3: He's all that right. That's Amen. Great. Okay.
4: Pastor, if I may suggest uh, a few things that meant a lot to me was the day that I became a Christian. But the reach, and I get emotional sometimes when I say That's this. That's all right. But the reach was on side of me, and
6: my mom was on the earth. Amen, amen.
4: And he baptized me to the fort around six o'clock in the morning. I rode my bicycle up there. and was baptized at
1: the fort. Six o'clock in the morning. Six,
4: well, the service started. Yeah, It have been yeah. after that. Of course, it had to be daylight.
1: Yeah.
4: And that um, groundbreaking service, the first one... That I really meant a lot to me was the first service Sunday, and then the groundbreaking service with the church's built today, and then the dedication service. Mm-hmm. That's some outstanding things in my mind about the church. Amen. How about
1: you, uh, Brother Frankie? Can you tell us anything else about how Pastor Region impacted your life? Well,
3: in 1946. Like Brother Allen says, I got a to myself. In nineteen forty six brother and sister we came to Roxana Luther and I was there and I was just before I was eighteen years of age. And I was sitting in the back of the tent and uh, I know God had me under conviction. And all he, he dismissed the service, people were saved, and I went up towards the front of the 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 tent but I thought the world of and well, to reach as a young person, and I, I have to tell you, I put my my foot on top of one of the stairs in the ground, and I held the rope with the other hand, and I just bowed my head as a young person, and I felt a soft hand come around my shoulders. The pastor reached. He said, "Frank, I thought you was gonna make a decision, or you might have thought about making a decision for the Lord tonight." Of course, I. I was on the conviction anyway, and I, that was the night that.
1: And you gave your life I to God. I gave parents. my
3: life to the Lord, Amen. Amen. I remember the the night 1946 is a Friday night on August, but I can't remember the date. The mm-hmm. day. But I tell you, I take people to Rock I take them back to where I was saved. By God's amazing grace. Amen. Right Amen. there, Brother Weech, um, he he just worked with me and. He says, you know, all you got to do is to, to say no to what you used to do. Just put all that in the background and God will give you a rest. Amen. And that's the way I I moved on. God's best. Okay. In my life.
1: All right, looking at those early, those first ten years then, we know that the missions uh, ministry started. Yeah. Uh, so that was a very significant thing going on. Yeah. Um, anything else you could... Think about that that started in those first ten years, or any uh, important event that might have happened during those first ten years
3: Well, there's a lot of people um, saved in those those first ten years, and mm-hmm. a lot of young people and, uh, and some old people were saved. Alan could back up on that and it was a it was a tremendous revival all the time. Mm-hmm. And they um, in his ministry, you know, and uh, thus you know, he just, like you say, preach the gospel in season, out of in season. Season. Yeah, amen. In season. In season, out of season.
2: And, and back there, um, the night service was the most important yeah. for people coming to the Lord yeah. because they gave all the calls. Yeah. And I remember one night, 25 walked forward to accept Christ, and that was every Sunday, different ones coming up. We had a lot of young people, a lot of young people. Um, Mm -hmm.
4: I was in conversation with another denominational uh, member, and Brother Weech was so loved by the Bahamian people, that when Brother Weech started the church, or was in between starting this
3: church, Uh -uh. he said to
4: me, Alan, he said, I wish Brother Weech was in our denomination.
3: Is there. Right? Yeah. 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 Uh, well he was a great man of God. He he actually yeah, tell a me he's a pastor of the Bahamas.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right, let me let, let's sort of um, review these ten years again. Okay. Um, Alan, let me start with you. If you just had one thing to describe Pastor Beach, what would that be? If you only had one thing you could say about Pastor Rich, what would you say?
4: He was a pastor.
1: (laughs) The word pastor, it was him. Okay, very good. Excellent. How about you?
3: That's exactly, he took it away from me. Mm -hmm. He was the greatest pastor. (laughs) Can I say a few words? He would preach a series of sermons on heaven. And the last one he preached, he, he said these words, he says. When I get to heaven, first I'm going to see my Jesus. The next one I'm going to look for is the one that led me to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And those servants were so great. So when I come out, I shook his hand that morning. I said, bro, I'm coming to look for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he laughed. And I said, I'll never forget the night I was saved on the young ministry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right.
3: Yeah. Great, great so, man of God.
1: So, Shreej, looking over those early years, what would you say was the most outstanding thing for you?
2: Well, as, as Alan said, um, describe him as a true pastor.
3: Yes, what's um,
2: Every Sunday, he would come home, and I would get dinner on the table, and it was getting cold, and he was on the phone every Sunday. He would look the congregation over, and to see if anybody was absent that might have been sick, and before he sat down to eat, he would call everybody that wasn't there.
6: Amen.
2: And I Amen. thought that was very unusual, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. for a man to have that much thinking about his congregation. Yeah. And I appreciated him very Amen. much for Amen. things like that.
1: Amen. Okay.
2: Well, all
1: right. Um, I think we we'll bring this particular part of our interview to a conclusion. Uh, but give you one more opportunity. Anything else you'd like to say? about Pastor Earl Reach, the founder of Calvary Bible Church, along with his wife, of course, Sister Violet Reach.
3: and sister Reach has, has been a, been a great, a great uh, couple. and I could almost see him just getting away from Calvary Bible Church, right now riding on a bicycle, going down to the Gospel Singers every Sunday afternoon. Rochelle on the back. And you have Sister Vita on the back and Rochelle in the middle, I think. Mm-hmm. riding, And it, uh, it, it's hard for me to explain exactly how I felt about pastor. He's yes. a great, great man. Amen. And, and when he baptized me in Rock Sound, I'll never forget it. And he brought me out of the water. I said, Thank you, Jesus for this great salvation.
1: Amen. 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 Now, one thing too, because... Uh, was Echoes of Calvary, the radio ministry, started in the early years as well? Yeah. Because I believe that Echoes, Echoes of, Calvary of Calvary is one the of the oldest... It was the radio.
2: first religious program on,
1: ZNS. on. Yeah. yeah, And it's still going on. And yeah. he started it in that first 10 years?
2: Well, I thought yeah. that... Well, we, oh, so sweet. You, Go ahead, Sussu, you're older than me, you can
5: probably... <laughs>
2: Uh-huh. Well, we, we, um, we were in, um, just Earl and I started it, the two of us. Yeah. And then, of course, after a few years, um, Brother Earl Pritchard and his wife, Helen, yes, yeah, joined us as a quartet, and we went on for years. Mm-hmm.
4: My recollection of that is, um, it was called the Gospel Singers. Christina and Winona and Sister Reach and Brother Reach and um, Diane... They would meet live, but when Brother Reach built, it's say Brother Reach built the church. When the church was built, Calvary Bible Church, there wasn't the gospel singers anymore. Echoes of Calvary started with Brother Reach at Calvary Bible Church.
1: I see,
3: I got you. Okay. I just want to say one thing, and this could bring another kind of a trend. When the government, the governor of the Bahamas, want to get anything over to the people of the Bahamas. They he used that program hour just before the gospel singers came on because they know he knew he that the, all Bahamas was tuned in to the to the gospel singers. Mm-hmm. And it said, well the gospel singers will be right on after the governor did deliver his message to, right? to the Bahamas. Because the people was all tuned in. You could go all through the islands from one how surreal. You could hear them singing, God is still on his throne. Yeah. That's the way they brought it on. Amen.
1: Amen. Right. Well, that's quite a, that's quite a uh, tradition, a heritage you uh, have. Yeah. And we thank God for that.
3: Amen. Well,
1: all right. Thank you very much. We appreciate your input here. Yeah. And we look forward to celebrating this 50th anniversary with much joy and rejoicing. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Thank you.
5: But if we are the body, why aren't his feet going? into the back row, the weight of their judgmental glass, it tells him that his chance Why aren't His hands healing? Why aren't His words teaching? But if we are the body
0: Before we get into a, an opportunity to share or to ask some questions I'm going to ask Sister Eleanor to say something about these beautiful bouquet or beautiful arrangement of flowers that are here at the front I forgot it because I must be getting old, Sister Eleanor, I forgot it, but I'm going to let you do the honors. Thank you The
7: flowers today well, first of all, we decided that we would ask the congregation if they would place uh, real flowers for the month of September in memory of their loved ones or and if anything. If you wanted to say thank you to Calvary Bible Church, then you were, uh, could come and place flowers. And The flowers today were placed by Suzanne and Gerald Aubrey and family in memory of Nevis, that's Suzanne's mother, and Derek Aubrey. And also from Steve and Eleanor Lowe and family, in memory of their parents, Daisy and Mara Lowe and Freddie and Hilma Lowe, and also Redith and Audrey Roberts and my sister Thelma.
0: Thank you, Sister Eleanor. And now we're going to give you an opportunity, maybe if I have one of the you young men who can move about a little bit with a microphone. Um, young man, yes. Okay. Um, we're going to give you an opportunity if you want to share what Calvary Bible Church is meant to you. Maybe some of you folks... I know there are some of you here who were there in the early days. I know Brother Donnie Johnson was there, and um, Sister Eleanor and Brother Steve and Brother Billy. I remember them, Brother Billy and Brother Steve, slinging concrete many a night. (laughs) But if you'd like to share a little bit of what the ministry meant to you in the early years, we'd like for you to be able to do that now.
7: The Lord really used Sister Wish. I was singing in the choir when we left the, the other church that Sunday morning. I was singing in the choir. And that Sunday night, I sang in the choir, the first service. But Sister Wish was always there. And I, I thanked the Lord for her leadership and, and the music ministry of the church that helped me so many years later. But I started out at the beginning, and we were married here. Our children were dedicated here. And I just thank the Lord for, for those many years of Pastor Lee's ministry here with us.
6: I'm
4: going to reserve for next week, if you don't mind. I got a lot on my heart about Calvary Bible
6: Church and um, I'll share that next week if you don't mind. Billy, what you got to say? <laughs> you was here. Uh, <laughs> Let me give this to Billy.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
6: Billy and I and William Pendu Penderwald, Black O'Bleach, we used to sing in a
4: trio. As a matter of fact, we had a great trio. And um, we went to Florida to sing. And um, really, I know you've got a lot to say about Carry Bible Church. You, you are a hard worker here.
6: <laughs>
4: he
8: didn't really put me on the spot. I wasn't going to say anything, but he did put me on the spot. Um, again... I guess I could say with a continuation of churches, I started at Kemp Road when we sat on straight benches. There weren't any backs, there weren't any padding. And, of course, followed through down to Collins Avenue, and from there started at Calvary uh, over in Brother Frankie's showroom. So it's been a long process. But, you know, doing, um, it was mentioned in the um, video about uh, the which is being not only uh, pastors but musical. Well, I started singing with the gospel singers as well. Um, Enos and Wannone and those were singing, and um, they had a shortage one Sunday, and they said, "Billy, why don't you come down and help us sing?" And of course, I went down, and I never left. Uh, we just continued singing. You know, every Sunday we'd do different arrangements, and of course, uh, Belzani and William. That goes back up to the temple. But we had a great time singing, and I'm so grateful because uh, the singing ministry has been my life. And without the singing part, I don't know where I would be. And I do owe a lot to Calvary, uh, Calvary's ministry and the upbringing in the church. And I only can say, thank God.
6: I came into Calvary Bible Church through Mother Sarai. She used to come here. I met uh, Pastor Reeves, we were in the pastor here, but he probably was on one of these interns. But my brother Stanley had a kidney problem, he was sick, and, and I could remember him really going with me. Either home or the hospital, one of them, but he really he was a great person. And I say, boy, well, I wish I had met him before. But what I want to say to Calvary Bible Church, in spite of all which was said about Pastor uh, Each and Sister and Each, if he was living today, what would he say when he looked at the choir and he looked at the situation in Calvary Bible Church? That is what I would like to say. Are we going on in his legacy? Do uh, uh, you think he would be pleased with what he's seeing now when he look at the choir and look around? My challenge is that. Thank you.
7: I'd like to uh, thank God for Pastor Weish uh, and Sister Weish and for their seal for evangelism and all the different ministries they had I guess I started coming in about the late 60s and early 70s. And what I want to thank, who I want to thank is the people who really physically built the church, which is still standing today. They were faithful men who came in night after night and really persevered and got this church built and are still here, still here today. So I want to say a big thank you to them.
6: and three and um, this church started out when I went there was at the um, Bahamas bus where the tent was and um, it was a great ministry and um,
2: Pastor weeks I remember the foundation they put in place for young people and us going to Hollywood to the camps and everything and I think that was tremendous for them to have put a lot of emphasis on the young people in this church. Thank you.
0: As I recall Calvary Bible Church I was only a young boy of 17 when Calvary first began. I came down to Nassau about two years prior to that and one of the founding members of the church, their family, Brother John Penderson, Johnny, came and picked me up every Sunday and brought me to church. And so I became a part. We were at the Evangelistic Temple and then when we moved down to Calvary, I had an opportunity. Johnny came again with his wife. He always had a car fall every Sunday morning, bringing folks to church. And I remember fondly Brother Frankie Pinder. I was a young man, a young Christian, and Brother Frankie got me involved in the ushering. And so I started out just ushering in Calvary Bible Church. And at one time, Brother Wilfred and Sawyer and I used to go around visiting, before we, I got married and he got married, other churches. And every time we would go to another church, they'd ask us to take up the offering. So we had to stop visiting our churches. But I thank God for Brother Frankie for his faithfulness to me. As a young man, he took me under his wing and then the ministry of Pastor Weech and the man with Pastor Weech, Brother Thompson, Brother Reedus Roberts, all of them, every one of them had something that they encouraged the young people with. I remember one night in particular when we came down here we were pouring the columns at the front of the church. And I arrived here, I guess a little early, because I used to live right off of Mackey Street in those days with my sister. And when I got here, you know who I met? Pastor Beach, Pastor Thompson, Brother John Pender, Reedus Roberts and they said we're going to pour those columns tonight we had a little cement mixer if you remember just those little cement mixers and I looked at those men they were in the 40s maybe pa John may have been a little older and I said no way no way are we going to pour those columns tonight with these old men. <laughs> Remember, I was a teenager. But praise the Lord. More than 20-some young men turned up that night, and those columns were poured. But because of the dedication and the faithfulness of those men to know and to believe, That the Lord would send young men to do the work. The work was accomplished. And that's the kind of men they were in their ministry. And whatever they did. They were men you could put your faith and trust in. They were dependable. They stood out. They were men of God. And women of God. So I can't leave the women out. Because we talk a lot about the men but the women were faithful when we were here working so hard night after night they brought us sandwiches and Kool-Aid and it was really appreciated I could tell you if you work all day and you come and you work half of the night and you got just sandwiches and Kool-Aid and you could appreciate it, you must be over 50 years old because there I, today, I believe most young people will a long time gone because they want something more than just sandwiches and Kool-Aid. But we have a great legacy. Those men and women have set for us. And I want to say to you young people, we want to pass that on because Calvary Bible Church needs you to continue in the future. So, I pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to you, and you will get involved in the ministry. Amen. Father, again we thank you that we have been able to view this video this evening as we have seen and heard how you established this work. And it is unto you that we give all honor, praise, and glory. Even though you worked through men and women, it is unto you that we give the praise. And so as we go from this place tonight, we go with grateful and thankful hearts, thanking you that you have established this ministry, and you will be with your people until you return To take them home to glory. We ask the things in Jesus' name. Amen.